0: Hey, this is Ronja Kaminsky from The Pinpricks. Greetings from Germany. And you're listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast.
1: You are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast
0: with Mark Alden-Taylor. What? The Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden-Taylor and nobody no somebody me Lee Gerstman why aren't I on that thing I want recognition
2: well welcome to another edition of the freeform rock podcast with me as always is incredible Lee
0: hey and that's incredible the genus of you, muck. I mean, <laughs> Mark, how are you
2: doing? I'm doing great. We have a, a guest on the show again.
0: Right on. Edward Canestrussi, kind of how are you doing, buddy?
3: Ah, doing all right, Lee, doing good. No complaints. Right on, right on. Hey, man, I was
2: getting some constructive criticism from our buddy Chuck today. Oh, really...
0: he's, <laughs> he's, he's saying... kind of, I don't like to say a lot about other people but let's just say he's a work in progress and and an acquired case at best
2: oh uh, man he's he's in love with wadzilla so anything with no wadzilla on he doesn't like so it's fine yeah he, he said get wadzilla on your show and i said well this show is beneath wadzilla he won't ever get on here for th- thank you edwin for coming on though <laughs> yeah it's,
3: it's not beneath me i,
2: I know <laughs> yeah i just laugh at the guy he's a funny guy he, he's always talking to me about music how many albums he's listened to and he's pretty cool dude i, I have no problem with him
3: yeah but yeah you, you got ralph on your show so
2: yeah, yeah ralph Ralph was on your well ralph's the one who told me that ian was pissed that he was doing this show because it's beneath him so that's <laughs>
3: why i <laughs> Uh, I, I'm more like Raf. Uh, nothing's beneath me. I just like to rock and roll and talk about rock music with people. So you know, yeah. I'm I'm easy like a Sunday morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I know I know Ian's you know Ian who I love and he's great and he's my brother. But you know he he he's got airs.
2: Yeah. He he's got that huspa. <laughs> you
3: know, he's got that freaking. He ain't just gonna talk to anybody <laughs> about anything. He's you he's
2: know. a comic genius, man, and he doesn't even yeah. know it.
3: <laughs> and If you pay him, he might come on.
2: Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> well I'll just pay him in a uh, fucking uh, uh, that beer he likes. What's that beer? Rolling Rock. Pay him. Yeah, in some you ro- get
3: him a couple cases. A you couple, couple cases might, of you, Rolling he, Rock. He might, he might suddenly become less discerning. <laughs>
2: That's funny, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, so how, how, you do, how you been, Edwin? How's it going?
3: Uh, I've been pretty good, you know. <laughs> there's been ups and downs in my life as, you know, everyone has and especially in the past two years, but, you know, yeah. things are kind of on an upswing and things are feeling good. I'm returning back to L.A. next week after being away from there for a while and, you know, I'm looking, I'm, I'm being on. positive about the, the future and I'm feeling good about it. I'm embracing this wave of positivity right now right on well the
2: mask mandates are pretty much gone here man so you can walk around and be normal just the people
3: wearing masks are just going to give you dirty looks (laughs) yeah yeah hey i'm I'm, I'm double vaccinated so you know if they want to be weird that's that's their choice that you know whatever makes them happy i'm Uh, vaccinated too in fact um
0: when i finally got my plane ticket to rock and pod because I already got a ticket to the I got two tickets to the pre-show I won't mention names but there's someone who I'll be you know hanging out with and and I'll give them the other pre-show ticket and we'll be you know hanging out and stuff someone who suggested that I go to Rock and Pod which I'm like otherwise, I wouldn't have even thought of it. Now it's going to be a reality.
3: Yeah, I think it's awesome. I I noticed that you had to go fund me and people helped you out with that, which is awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and my sister, she said, get a card for, you know, the vaccination. And so the place where I got the vaccination, I'm probably going to get a vaccination card, which says, I'm vaccinated. I mean, I don't know how important that is, but I don't think it's not important, you know. So, anyway, yeah, I'm I'm actually feeling pretty good and happy about being able to go there.
3: Yeah, should be So you've never been to one of them before? Is this your first I, one?
0: Um, I've never been in the south. Never even the south. Wow. um, I've been in the south. um, Well, if you count um, South California, yeah, I've been. It ain't like
2: the south there, buddy.
0: Yeah, yeah, it it ain't like that. I've I've been on the border of Lake Tahoe, um, so I've not been in Nevada, but I've been maybe about like a few miles away from it. But well, I was by Lake Tahoe, but I mean I'm i from California I've 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 been to well I live now in New York. Thank goodness it's a it's a really good place. Expensive but good. But I've also been to uh New Jersey and Pennsylvania.
3: Yeah that that's not the South either. Even South Jersey, no, 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 no. Although you <laughs> can get lost in South Jersey in the woods if you know The Sopranos, the pine no. bears. Mm. <laughs> uh, But you're, you're going this Nashville. I mean, it is definitely the South. Uh, but I mean, you're going to mainly be in the hotel and with a bunch yeah. of metalheads. So you're not going to. I don't think you'll get too much of the southern uh, culture so much. But you know, it might be a little bit. Yeah, you know, might seep through yeah you know, uh, I don't know if, yeah. are you gonna I,
0: don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily mind it I mean the person who I'm going to meet up there has a car and so um we might go to a restaurant or something and um and I might I might you know be like hey man you know since you're helping out with the hotel bill I'll, I'll I'll pay for your meal. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, um, without having extreme, you know, like, um, fixed knowledge of it, but, 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 but the idea is that, um,
3: yeah. Um, yeah, Nashville Nashville's a great city. Uh, it's an entertainment city. You know, it's a big music town. The to yeah. rock culture there. Yeah, you you should definitely explore it a bit, especially since you've never been there before. Oh yeah, I, I love Pod. the
0: idea of of that. And and I'm thinking, um, I I either could give musicians at the Rock and Pod score music, of or sheet music online, or I could give them CDs. I'm wondering what you think would be better
3: yeah can you do both
0: that's what i was thinking i could probably do
3: both yeah (laughs) go all the way with it say yeah you say here's the cd but if you want to play this stuff here's the sheet music that's (laughs) cool
2: (laughs) yeah that's cool what i what i'm saying is that anybody going to rock and pod if you guys know lee please take care of him because when he gets really drunk he gets really drunk <laughs> He's like Wadzilla, um, man.
3: Somebody but needs a- is gonna be there. So- I know. <laughs> Wadzilla once said
0: that 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 I was worse than him.
2: Oh, I think.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah,
3: he. Pa- oh, you well, passed I out can't. in the middle
2: of a podcast before.
3: I see, <laughs> you you, <guys> were- <laughs> you're gonna take some, and uh, I see, you, you're gonna document this. I uh, hopefully you will take videos. I'm I'm gonna try
0: and take videos. Yeah. Um I'm I'm. I want to. I want to do photos with. Well. People and videos with them yeah I mean I mean me because I if I'm paying this much even though GoFundMe paid it you know so it was really no money out of my pocket um, I'm still gonna want to do some shit I I, want to get a little bit out there and a little bit bit Lee ish you know and um you know yeah
3: yeah, you should do your thing. Sounds awesome. Well, I,
2: I would have I would have loved to have gone, but the thing is, I don't know when Disney's called me back. They called everybody else back, but I said no like three months ago, and, and then I get put to the bottom of the seniority list, reverse seniority. So I, I think I'll be back in August, so there's no way I could take vacation, <laughs> you know. Well,
3: yeah, after all this time off. Yeah, you know?
2: it's like I got to go back to work. Gotta do it. Yeah, and my location's yeah. open again. So, I I'm ready to go back. I'm I'm kind of bored at home. <laughs> it yeah, all the time, yeah, yeah, man. But uh Man, I have I've seen uh, some movies that your wife did, man. Those are pretty cool, Edwin.
3: Well, thank you very much. Uh yeah, the uh so what what uh Jacob's wife Yeah. and the Castle Free remake.
2: Yeah, and uh Brian Poston, uh loved that movie. He, he posted about it. I was like
3: I said I put that on your uh on the page. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Jacob's wife is a—it's uh, a great film. Um, you know, she did uh, some great work on it, and it's a really cool film. And we were on the set when they uh, for a couple days, and the whole cast was great. Barbara Cramb is great, and it's a really cool vampire comedy, a horror comedy. And if you know you're interested, people listening you should definitely check it out on demand, Blu-ray. Yeah. I Shutter, love if you got Shutter. Yep, I I got Shutter now
2: uh i love uh freaking vampire comedies man (laughs) those are fucking the best it's
3: it's like you it's about a you know uh, an older couple too which you don't see that too often and that's the thing and barbara and larry pheasanton are both great they have great chemistry and i mean that that's the thing i liked about it just watching it it's just like hey this even without the vampire stuff this is a good couple uh a movie a couple's movie you know what,
2: so. what movie, I can't remember what it is now. What movie was Roddy McDowell in that vampire movie? See, did two of them.
3: A oh, Fright Night.
2: Fright Night, Fright Night 1
3: and 2. Yeah, yeah are... it has a little bit of that tone. When Kathy was uh, working on it, she mentioned, like, yeah, this tone is a little like Fright Night. Fright Night, yeah, it's not like a, like, like that one with Jim Carrey. <laughs> no, no, it's not that wacky. It's more like, uh, fright, yeah, fright. It's Night more like Fright
0: War. Night. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty cool, excited. man. It's a balance. In, in fact, in um, fact, um, Edwin, if you um, want to see a very serious movie with Jim Carrey, he did a movie do- called Dark Crimes, and he and they did it in Poland, and he plays this private investigator, and other than the fact that he looks like him you would not even believe the seriousness of the role he acts and looks like a very serious almost traumatized polish police investigator it's it's probably the most brilliant uh you know role he's ever done he he does not have one ink of a wink of his Jim Carrey ishness. He he's very, very intensely serious in this movie. And there's no no comedy in it whatsoever. And and, and, and he's 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 really good in it. The, the the movie is very disturbing but if you're into that it's
3: it's really well done. Yeah, well, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I'll definitely check yeah. that out. Yeah,
0: um, that that was um, um, on Tubi. If if you get Tubi, that's free. Okay. I I also got Netflix. I don't know if it's on Netflix, but Dark Crimes with Jim Carrey. It's 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 an intense movie, but I thought it's good. Right.
3: That's Lee's pick of the week. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's been talking about that on a couple other podcasts, and uh, he's—I yeah. don't think he's seen the one where Jim Carrey, did the Spotless Mind movie, where he was like really intense in that one. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, he's done it a few times.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh,
0: I, I have to listen. I have to watch that too. I mean, I saw some of it, but this is even, even more intense.
2: I think if you guys all like B-horror movies, you guys should all watch Full Moon <laughs> movies, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, what about, about Basket trouble. Case? <laughs> basket, basket Case. Yeah. 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 That, that was one of my fun. wife's
3: favorite movies. that. I loved that,
0: that was so hilarious and funny. I, I thought it was cool. Yeah, well,
2: Basket <laughs> well, Case Well, with Full Moon movies, man, you got the Puppet Master, Trancers, and Subspecies movies. Charles yeah, and that's
3: the, the original Castle Freak is Full Moon. Yeah. Castle yeah. Freak too, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah I like that pool. I love that grime house like straight to video kind of horror stuff in the 80s and 90s great stuff yeah I
2: bought their uh, subscription $59 for a year and I got all the puppet masters on blu-ray wow <laughs> yeah cool. it was awesome or they would have gave me a credit in the movie I said fuck that give me the fucking movies
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I could have chose to get a credit in their new horror movie or take the puppet master I took the puppet master movies
3: if you chose wisely. Yeah, right <laughs>
2: I'm not going to get paid for that. <laughs> Be having a credit. All right. Well, let's get into the these albums. We're going to do the Rat EP from August 23rd, 1983, and then their full studio album out of the cellar. But let's get into the the Rat EP first. Um, this is their EP, man, that started it all for the band, and they had uh, another guy on here, man. <laughs> that wasn't in the original Rat that we know, you know. Another guitar player, which he's not listed on here, and I had his name, now I don't have his name. But uh, he wrote songs on here. Uh, let's see. I don't know. <laughs> I'm out of it. All right. Let's did he
3: get, did he get like, replaced by D. Martini? Like, I think at a certain he, point? he
2: got replaced by D. Martini, I think. Let me look on the... Uh, out of the Cellar talks about it more. His name is Joey Chris. Crystal Fanny
0: yeah in fact what I want to say is that when it comes to the um, EP there there was a European version of the EP that had a ver- oh, either he was on the version of you're in trouble me which was on the European version of the EP or he was on a version of another song which was on metal massacre but anyway I I listened to the metal massacre and I listened to the European EP so I will be talking about that stuff. But let's see. Um I'm yeah. going to take a, a, a real quick look while you talk. Um but also I'm, it's also yeah. said
2: blotzer and Cruschier weren't was also featured on the compilation Metal Masquer but was removed from later pressings of You Got It.
0: Yeah, um let's see. Um I don't see that the song was you got it um but I I'm not downing you um Yeah it says that, oh, it says oh. the
2: European version also features an early recording of You're in Trouble as a bonus track believed to feature Joey Crestafini on bass guitar
0: Oh Ooh. oh you're you're in trouble. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Um. Wait a minute. There there was um. That I think actually was on the European version of the. Yeah, um, that's what it
2: said. A- it was a bu- EP. It was, it was a European version of the EP.
0: I'm, I'm 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 trying to figure out. I I I put I. There was um.
3: Huh. Well, well you, you 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 can keep talking and um Yeah, I don't have that European uh, release. I have the game, you know, obviously the US release. So I yeah. I don't have that. Well, but I've got to listen to that on YouTube. Um, do you have I never actually heard that.
2: Do you have the urine trouble on on your no, your, no,
3: yeah. no, that's why, it's the European only, so, yeah, you know, I don't have, I'm not European, I don't have that. First. That is a
2: weird version of the song, since nobody had it, I was listening to it, because I have I it can on my
3: how loud the bass must be, because the oh. bass is loud on back for more, and, and you're in troubles like a bass-driven song, so that bass must be really loud. Yeah, he, he does, it. the bass is off,
2: though, it goes, and then it stops, and it goes, and it stops, I'm going, what the oh. fuck is going on? <laughs> it's not like that on Out of the Cellar.
0: The knowledge. song on Metal Massacre was "Tell the World."
2: Yeah, "Tell the World." Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was the song that they did an original of um, on Metal Massacre on the first press, and then after that they took it out of the other press. But "You're in Trouble" was the EP. So "Tell the World" was on the original. Was on the. EP that we know, but the original version of it was on Metal Massacre. But you're in trouble. Was only on the European version. Anyway,
3: what about the the, uh, the later? Because I don't have. I have the original. I have uh, the original vinyl. Uh, I got it from some record shop in LA, and I also have like a rip on my. Uh, in my music library like a digital rip but it's like sounds like from the original vinyl it's not but i know a couple of years later after the success of out of Seller, they remixed this album uh, the ep and they put it out uh yeah. on cd and of course that's very rare now but do you guys have a copy or heard a copy of that remix version and does that remix version have you're in trouble or is it just the the, the one uh, I lost my uh, LP years ago. I had the original one also, but
2: it got stolen like in the late 90s, so I don't have it anymore, and I've been trying to find it again. But I I have the digital version, which has You're in Trouble on it, and it has like... them doing fucking uh, that song by Fleetwood Mac, you know. Don't know anybody but I think I can't, you know that song. Yeah, I
3: think that then you Live. had the you had the remix version because that's the thing they expanded it. They wanted it to be like album line.
2: It says "Born on a Bayou." I think it's mixed with the Fleetwood Mac song too. So,
3: oh yeah, so, yeah. so they added that's that weird. song. They added that song in the "You're in Trouble" from the European release, so that they would have like eight tracks making a, a proper album. Yeah, that, but that's that's remixed. It's got like a slicker production compared to the sound of the original which is which is what I got which is very raw I like the raw one better uh, <laughs> I
0: I um, I don't know whether or not I had gotten the remix or the raw all I know is I got the one that did not have you're in trouble in it and um it, it seemed like it It might have been the original on the EP, but yeah, I. I Well, if if
3: it's only six tracks, it's the it's the original. Yeah.
0: Okay. Then yeah. And then when when I when I was hearing what I thought on YouTube of the, um, you know the remix or whatever it was, that seemed better. To me, but
3: I well, some I don't people prefer it. Some people don't like the uh, the
2: rawness.
3: Uh, I I, I, myself, I like I, rawness.
0: Oh, I, I
2: had like the, I had the LP and like I pluck and played the shit out of it till it got ripped off. So I liked it.
0: <laughs> it. I mean, um, Rats and Motley Crue were the two bands that back then I was in my collector mode and I wanted to get every single thing that I could get. And so with Rat, I got the EP and I got Out of the Cellar and I got Invasion of Your Privacy because those were the three things that were out at the time. And I believe that I got them all at one purchase because I wanted to make sure that I got everything that I could get from them. That and makes sense. so, and so when I heard, just really recently like maybe a day or so ago that there were remixes of a couple of songs or whatever it was I was like hell I need to hear the metal massacre and I need to hear the the European version of um, tell the world
3: you know yeah, well, yeah, I gotta check that stuff out on YouTube. I haven't listened to it uh, not yet. recently. I did listen to the remix on YouTube um a while back, but not recently. I'm curious, uh, Mark, when you uh, where were you living when you had that copy stolen from you? Uh, Hacienda Heights. <laughs> yeah, because I bought some some used record shop in Hollywood. Like many years later, I just it'd be funny if it was like the copy that got that was yours. <laughs> you know, I I think about that. I
2: think about all these records that I got stolen because I had a shit ton of vinyl back then. I used so to go.
3: Someone I, might have just took it to a record shop and sold it all. Like, I used in which to. Case, it could yeah. be the your copy. <laughs>
2: I used to go to Moby Disc Records in Pasadena and buy ninety nine cent LPs, dude, and I'd yeah. stock up on that shit. <laughs> it's like, and I'm like fucking, like I buy a used record. I go, I wonder if this was mine before, but I <laughs> I have a story about the extreme CD. I bought the extreme porno graffiti, and back then. After my vinyl got red, I put my initials in there, like MT, inside the little case. And my friend, I guess I let my friend borrow it. And then my other friend borrowed it from him. And he goes, look at this new CD I got. It's fucking Extreme Pornography. And I look at it. This is mine, bitch. He goes, how do you know? It says MT in the middle of the fucking... <laughs> I,
4: st-
2: that. I still got the CD. I-, I still have it from that time. I took it back for a- I took it... This is mine. Later, dude. <laughs>
3: Yeah, my, my rat EP's in LA, so uh, I don't have it handy, because right now I'm in yeah. Florida, but when I go back there, uh, I'm going to look for the MT. Well, I didn't
2: know. put, I, I, that didn't happen until after my shit got stolen. Oh, <laughs>
3: so okay, okay. I
2: started, I don't do that anymore, but back then, I go, fuck this, if it gets stolen, I'm going to find it in the used record store. I go, this is mine, bitch! <laughs> you yeah, know?
3: It, was, it was only eight bucks, it was great, it sounds great, uh, I mean, I love the rawness, and especially on the vinyl, it just sounds great, uh, yeah, I love I. I bounce between, sometimes I say the EPs, my favorite thing they ever did, but then I listen out of the cellar and go, no, nah, it's out of the cellar. But then I listen to the EP and go, no, it's the EP. So I kind of <laughs> like bounce back and forth. I'm, I'll just say this, Rat EP is their best EP. <laughs> uh, I think it's only oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, But, it, it, and out of the cellar is their best LP, best album. I definitely love these. This is definitely, they, they peaked out of the gate in my opinion.
2: It's just uh, our, our buddy Wayne Noon, you know, he said he listened to the first two and he thinks it's generic. I go, dude, if you look back on it now, it seems generic. But back then, them and Motley Crue had their own sound. They go, everybody I else copied generic.
3: them. Yeah. I, I think they definitely have a very rat-esque sound. I mean, I don't know. That word generic gets thrown around a lot. Yeah. And yeah it makes
0: me wonder if the people who say that are um teenagers well i
2: kind of said that to chris sins like the other day when he put out the new john sykes i said it just sounds like generic metal except for the s- solo <laughs> okay.
3: yeah so. i mean that, that's the thing generic means i said this i mean like a, a year or so ago when the new uh acdc album came out and uh, the shot at dark was the yeah. first single a lot of people were like oh it's kind of generic and i was like It's it's the opposite of generic because it sounds so much like ACDC like you say it's formulaic I think they're just using the wrong the word wrong. They mean formulaic like yeah Yeah. That sounds like ACDC by numbers, which you don't mind if you love ACDC, perhaps But which I definitely don't but the thing is it's so distinctly ACDC from the first guitar note that that's the opposite of generic generic means it's just any could be any guitar player could be any stock yeah, yeah like music in a movie or something like any stock guitar stock heavy metal and i don't when i hear rap to me they have a very specific guitar tone uh you know and you got Stevens vocals, it's just very, you instantly know it's rat. So I don't think they're generic at all. I mean, and I say the same for early Motley Crue and a lot of those bands in the first half of the 80s. They, musically, you would instantly know which band, each band had a specific guitar tone. Like, you know, there was the rat guitar tone, there was the Motley Crue guitar tone, there was the docking guitar tone. As soon as you hear it, that's their sound. So yeah, I don't think generic at all. Like well, with John Sykes, I expected,
2: like, gold. And I was like, oh, this is like, dun, dun, dun. It's like kind of the new D. Schneider albums. It's not, like, Twisted Sister. It's just, like, the driving guitars. And, and it it doesn't sound like D to me, and it doesn't sound like John Sykes to me. It doesn't sound like something, I don't know. I, know.
3: I-, I agree. No, I agree with you. I listened to it, and I thought the same thing. It's just, like, they push a button, and it's, like, heavy metal.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, like, where's the creativeness? Where's... John, where's Blue Murder? Where's yeah, fucking so your Thin Lizzy shit? Like, you know? It
3: doesn't have that sensuality and groove that like Blue Murder had, you know, and yeah, Thin Lizzy. It just sounds kind of robotic.
2: Yeah, it's that's what I meant when I heard that you John Sykes. I was excited plug. and then I was like, oh my god, this is not John Sykes to me.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna give a plug. I did an episode on Rock and Roll Combat Podcast where I reviewed the Blue Murder album with them. Oh really? So, so 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 if you listen to that podcast, I'm on it. I
3: don't know how I missed that one. I thought I listened to every rock and metal combat podcast. I do not recall that one.
0: uh was, pl- maybe they were embarrassed and decided to take it off. haha ha, I'm kidding. I Ralph think in the end, oh, okay. but, I think, but, I- but, but, oh, listen, but probably. Nice. <laughs> um, if 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 you have a search engine for rock yeah. and metal punk, yeah, um, um, um podcasts. <laughs> Twister. Look under Blue Murder, you know, well, you could you probably find it.
3: If I it's you know what, it might have been early, uh, if it's one of the earlier ones, I might have skipped there might have been one or two I skipped if I wasn't there was a certain point where I'd always listen to the podcast, no matter what band they were uh reviewing. But early on when I first started listening to it, I only would listen if it was a like an album I knew or or liked or a band I was interested in. At the yeah. time, I, I wasn't into Blue Blue Murder. Actually, I only got into Blue Murder like in a big way a couple months ago. Actually, a friend hooked me up with uh, their catalog, like you know, the two albums and the live album, and I love it, especially that first album. And I always liked John Sykes a lot as a guitarist, but I was mm. like so impressed by him as a singer and and songwriter. And it's an that especially that first Blue Murder album, I think it's amazing. And so maybe. Like a couple years ago, whenever it was on the Rock Metal Combat podcast, I was probably like I wasn't so into Blue Murder, but now I am. So I'm gonna fucking listen to that tonight.
0: Yeah, you <laughs> might not you you might not appreciate every single thing that I say about it, but I hey, more power to you listening to it. I, I still think yeah. it's,
3: all right. We all got our own opinions. I, I yeah,
2: like I
0: I, mean, I I don't dislike everything. I'm I'm just saying that. In in a couple of cases, I have some things
2: to say. I, I think Lee's best episode is The Poison Look What the Cat Dragged In. <laughs> I
0: did that. That's, I, I, I did that's only because um, I was drunk. The one that I think was really good
3: was the Truth
0: Priest one.
3: I, I listened to that one. I listened. You actually uh, did my uh, favorite album of all time Power ACDC. You were on that one nice right we, we did power yep. age
2: on this podcast
3: too <laughs> yeah that, yeah that, yeah that's my, that's my favorite album that's my favorite al- that's my favorite acdc
2: album too <laughs> we agree um, on that one
3: man that's awesome but uh, so, uh yeah let's get back to the let get AC. let's
2: get into this album and then our first track lee picked sweet cheater so he's here sweet cheater on the freeform rock podcast
4: Okay, that was Sweet Cheater. Why'd you pick this song, Lee?
0: This is really good heavy drinking cruising music. Back when I used to drink beer, this is the type of stuff I would listen to. I'd listen on my headphones on my Kenwood rack system with my big headphones and turn this up so loud there would be no way I would hear anybody knocking on my door for anything. It's fantastic
2: what'd you
3: think about it Edwin love it awesome I love the grime of it it's just the like down and dirty I love like uh, early 80s first half of the 80s like uh, grimy Los Angeles metal to me very different from what people would call hair metal or glam metal uh, just a couple of years later like yeah the elements are there like but it's just like this stuff really sounds like it's from the streets, you know, it's more like kind of the American equivalent of uh, a lot of like the new wave of British heavy metal, especially this EP. I think you hear a lot of that. It's just, it, it just sounds tough. It doesn't, it doesn't sound all glossy the way even Raft themselves would sound just a few years later. This is like real street, catchy, fun. Sleazy, like Lee said, cruising music. You know, you feel like this is like early '80s Hollywood Boulevard. You know, cruising the strip. It just has that vibe to it, and it's in the guitar tone, the singing, everything. I love it. Love the grime. Love Sweet Cheater. Think it's awesome.
2: It just sucks when I when I started cru when I got a license, I started cruising Sunset Boulevard. Tower Records was still there, but the vibe was not there in '89. It was gone. It was like nobody's there anymore, there was no it wasn't rock. like
3: the early eighties. No.
2: no, I wish I was a, like uh, an adult back then, man. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, we just missed that. <laughs> yeah, we just missed that because eighty eight I turned eighteen and then fucking eighty nine there was nothing there.
3: It's fucking everything started... Had you
0: ever thought about complaining to your parents saying, Why the hell didn't you make me back a few years ago? Why did you make me so late?
2: Well, my mom was young, so she, I don't think she could have made me at seven, uh, 15 or so. <laughs> you know, maybe she yeah. could but she dang. could have technically. She could have, but
0: I mean, I mean, I, I sometimes feel I was born too late, and I, and I thought I should have been born in the 50s Dude, but, she, you know, oh well,
2: she had premarital sex, and my grandpa was a pastor. My grandpa loved me, loved the shit out of me, so my grandpa rules. Everybody goes off on pastors, my how they're judgmental. Was, uh, my grandpa my, took my you...
0: biological mom was was um sixteen.
2: My mom wanted to give me up for adoption and my grandpa told her no. Just just say all Christian people are not assholes. <laughs> okay.
0: My 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 family wanted wanted her to maybe give me up and she said no.
2: Alright, sweet cheater man, this is a fucking great song to cruise the boulevard two if you were back then fucking I, I just remember I know probably you got you guys both hate Def Leppard but the only song I got played with like cruising the boulevard was
3: pour some sugar on me with my big 12 inch speakers oh god <laughs> I, I, I don't hate Def Leppard I'm not a huge fan of hysteria and I don't like pour the, you know, sugar on me uh, but I love their first three albums yeah so, yeah. so fucking uh,
2: man this song is cool man I, like I said I wish I was there at that time that would have been fucking awesome. I like their awesome.
3: first two albums. <laughs> yeah, All right. So they're the really best. Especially yeah, the high, high and dry. High stuff, and dry, dude.
2: man. High and dry. Yeah, fucking me and my I, wine. I, like, I love that song I so much. I do
0: like about three songs off of um, Pyromania. All
2: right. And then we get to the next song, You're in Trouble, which uh What are you picked- talking
3: about? you we're we're on the ep mark oh i'm on the the wrong wrong one okay you're on the wrong thing
2: there we go you think you're tough (laughs) which you picked edwin so uh here here's you think you're tough on the freeform rock podcast
4: you think you're tough why'd you pick that track edwin
3: i love it it's my second favorite Rat song of all time and my favorite song on this ep it's it's awesome everything i said about sweet cheater but like even more so this just got that badass groove i'm surprised this didn't get like remade for out of the cellar because it's like it's a, to me it's like it's a single it's very catchy and it was her first single this early version but i'm surprised that they didn't Want to redo it like they did back for more, but anyway, it just has that groove to it that kind of mid tempo, tough but really catchy rat groove to me. Again, what I don't think rat's generic at all, like this song is so quintessentially rat, and it's it is tough. So, you know, you think you're tough, and they're like, they're tough, not the person they're talking to, but they are tough, and it's just got that badass groove. I love it.
2: What'd you think about it, Lee?
0: This is as good as the first song. Maybe I like it even a little bit more. I didn't have a girlfriend and my self esteem wasn't 100%, but this song would have been the soundtrack to my strutting down the street and wearing a leather jacket and looking at the cuties with confidence. This is a great song.
2: Yeah, this is a great song and I'm glad they didn't remake it for out of the cellar because it gives like a fucking killer track on the EP, man, that, that tells you, hey, man, we're going to fucking come and we're going to destroy you. This fucking song rules. <laughs> I fucking love it. It's one of the best tracks
3: off this album. Uh, yeah. Good yeah. pick, And Edwin. that's true. If it was on out of the cellar, this wouldn't be as special. This is kind of the, in a lot of ways, like this is almost, I feel like, the You Think You're a Tough Maxi single. <laughs> so Exactly. Yeah, need, yeah. This fucking
2: song rules. And then we get to the next song, You Got It. What would you think about this one, Edwin?
3: Oh, right, you got it. It's cool. It's 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 very. It's almost punk. This song. It has a little bit of a Dead Boys vibe to it. I really love it. It's really raw. I I mean, I think I I love the first two songs more, but this song's great and it's just so raw and different. Even in Out of the Cellar, there would not be anything like this song on it. Like this is just something that's from the EP. This is early raw from the streets, like almost punk rap. And I love it though. It's a great song. So what do you think about it, Lee?
0: I like the song, and it sounds like Aerosmith in a way. I wouldn't skip it because it's really good, but perhaps if I were to pick a song that seems not quite up to par with the rest of the songs, this sort of qualifies. Don't get me wrong. This would be the best song on an inferior group's catalog so i'll say again i like it but there are other songs i like even more
2: i agree with both of you man it's sleazy it's slimy it's gritty and you know i like the first two songs better but this song is not bad it's it's made for the ep man it's fucking great you see where the band was going in their direction on this song fucking killer track and then we've already touched on it, but then if you had the European release, it they had the You're in Trouble, which I listened to it and it had a weird bass line going through it. So let's get to let's flip this over and get to Tell the World. And we were supposed to have Mighty Mick Watkins on here, and he picked this track. So here's Tell the World on the Freeform Rock Podcast. <laughs> was for Mick Watkins since he had band practice today he had a bone out on us but that's okay man he rules so what'd you think
3: about uh, tell the world uh, Edwin awesome song killer song again uh, not I, I like this more than you got it not as much as the first two tracks but it is an awesome song this is my thing this is kind of similar to some of the stuff that like crew was doing early on and it's very distinctly slimy slimy grimy LA metal but, you know, they, they're ambitious, though, you know, it's like tell the world, like, you know it's they're not staying on the streets. They're going to spread their the rat infest and in, they're going to infest the world with their rat stuff. It's great. I love it. It's just a great and it's short. You know, it's like three minutes. All these songs are just like short and almost like I wouldn't say they're bubblegum yet. They started to have kind of a hard rock bubblegum quality a little bit in the next album but they already knew how to write songs that were really short and hook driven and catchy and tell the world just another song like that keeps the party going what'd you think about it lee
0: this is a great song and has great power but i heard the original from the metal metal massacre compilation and that was great too and i like that version a little bit better than this but both versions are really good it gets my approval
2: i agree with both of you uh i kind of like the the next album's version better but this is really good raw and it tells you where they're going with their music really cool song um and we get to back for more oh well i was talking about tell the world tell the world's good i messed up back for more yeah on
3: next album, the
2: next album yeah order. Yeah, yeah, order. yeah but that's what i meant <laughs> tell the world is a really cool cool <laughs> track <laughs>
3: Mark runs a tight chip.
2: On the nah, I, I, I'm fucking sloppy as hell. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> uh, I'm fucking like Ian when he's drunk a little bit, man. I go, ah, what What are we on here? At
0: least you're not like me where I just all of a sudden fall asleep. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's true. Tell the world is fucking awesome, man. And then we get for Back For More. What'd you think about that one, Edwin?
3: Back For More, one of my favorite Rat songs. Uh, I always used to bounce between. I didn't know which one I liked more. I, I lean towards the Out of the Cellar one more now. I think it's a little more defined and in the pocket and a little more powerful. Uh, and the bass is and I love loud bass, and Juan's bass line is awesome in this song, especially during the verses, but I think it's a little bit too loud on, on the EP. But it's great. It's funky. I, now, this you hear a lot of Aerosmith throughout this album. And this is another song, especially in the verses. To me, the verses sound very Aerosmith in that way that it's both, um, it's funky. It's kind of funky, but grimy and dirty at the same time. I hear a lot of rocks and night, at, night in the ruts Aerosmith, which those are my two favorite Aerosmith albums, so nothing wrong with that. And you could just tell that they love Aerosmith, but Back for More" also has a touch of Zeppelin-esque, a touch of a Zeppelin-esque quality with the acoustic guitar in the beginning and it's kind of mystical and it's 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 like it starts off mystical but then it gets funky and dirty then gets kind of melodic and then it gets back. it does a lot of stuff but it all works it all flows it's great this is really the song that kind of creates a template for the next album so it makes sense that they would re-record it for the next album but it's it's an amazing song one of my favorite rat songs and it always stirs something in me whenever i hear it what'd you think about it lee
0: I like this version a little bit better than the one on Out of the Cellar, but this is a great song. It almost has an Aerosmith Season of Wither vibe to it, or at least a song from Get Your Wings. It's really cool.
2: Yeah, I, I like it. I Like Edwin was saying, I flip-flop between both, but the bass line is kind of strong on this one. I like the more polished version on Cellar, but we'll get to that one later. Oh, that's a really cool song. It's the longest song on the album, five minutes and sixteen seconds. It's like, damn! Yeah, this, this is the epic. <laughs> this is the epic on the EP, and yeah. then we get to the last song on the EP, "Walking the Dog," which was a co- cover of uh, from nineteen sixty three, Rufus Thomas. Which also, this was an ode to Aerosmith because they did this on their first album. So, "Walking the Dog." What'd you think about this one, Edwin?
3: Uh, great cover! Great cover of a cover of a cover. I mean, this <laughs> is the thing. As you know, it's, it's the last song on Aerosmith's first album, but it was also the last song on the Rolling Stones' first album. And, ah! Yes. Yeah, so this is the thing. I
0: forgot about that.
3: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the Rolling Stones were co- obviously covering Rufus Thomas's original, the original soul kind of novelty funky soul song from Rufus Thomas, who wrote it and they covered it and it was the last song on their first album both the american and uk versions too and Wow! so when aerosmith did their first album they were doing an homage to the rolling stones obviously the oh, rolling stones were a cool. huge influence on the aerosmith so they chose to do like hey rolling stones ended their album first album walking the dog so we'll do the same thing but it's funny because then rap does it but like you said mark Rat's not doing it. I don't think they're even doing it because of Rolling Stones. They're clearly doing it because Aerosmith did it. Like, like we've been saying a lot uh, already that Aerosmith is clearly a big influence on these guys. And then Steven's singing is very, I think, Steven Tyler-esque. And you could just hear that they love Aerosmith. And they're in that age bracket. Like, they would be teenagers when Aerosmith was, you know, big. So... Yeah. So it's funny because it's essentially like I don't even know if they even are aware, I don't know if Rat were even aware that Rolling Stones did this, you know, that Aerosmith were doing what they did. (laughs) Um, But there it is. It's like a copy of a copy essentially or a cover of a cover of a cover. I think the Aerosmith version is the strongest of all the Walking the Dogs. I just really love that version. But this is good. You know, I ain't kicking it out of bed. It's a decent version. You know, it's got, it shows that they could mimic that Aerosmith groove and kind of bring it into the 80s. And it's a, it's a great way to end the album. And I like this, I like the lineage. I like this idea of different generations of bands, of, of sleazy cock rock bands doing walking the Dog at the end of their first release. I, I like that. I like the whole idea of it. So pretty cool. Well, it's just like
2: Aerosmith, huge influence on them with the stones, and then Rat takes the Aerosmith and takes their version, you know?
3: Yeah,
0: exactly.
2: So what do you think about it, Lee?
0: Well, this is okay, but I prefer Aerosmith's cover. This is well done, but this would be, in my opinion, the one genuine filler tune on here. It's okay, I don't dislike it, but it seems like an afterthought because they needed to put another song on the ep
2: I, I i like it a lot i like i never heard the rolling stones version i need to go back and check that out cuz i love the stones well, uh, i heard it good. but
0: i forget it so I, I can't even tell you how it is, even though I heard it, I forget how it sounds.
3: It's pretty raw. I mean, it's it's the 60s. Uh, or, you know, if you listen to the first couple Rolling Stones album, they're very raw. They're almost like garage rock. Yeah, uh, they're not as like polished as the early Beatles. Early Stones is very raw and yeah. it's it's great it's 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 pretty good but i do think the aerosmith version's even better i think that's the best of all the walking I dogs. i think i of kind earth.
0: of agree with you there okay. well,
3: i agree with
2: you also and i think rat did a really good version of it it's like um uh, it's like you got these old blues standards that these these uh rock bands do like you have train coupler and i think aerosmith did the best version of that one oh also. hell yeah they <laughs> so.
0: did so it's they, like
3: they even did better than the Yardbirds oh yeah, not seventies yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, aerosmith's kind of tough to beat, you know they they were really top of the game, you know, yeah. huge fan of seventies aerosmith, and when they they didn 't do covers often, but when they did it, they did them really good, oh yeah,
2: well, it's like Aerosmith got me into a lot of like old grimy rock back in the before like Rolling Stones, I knew the Rolling Stones, but I didn't listen to them until Aerosmith started talking about them a lot, you know. And I go, I need to listen to some some Rolling Stones. And it got me into a lot of Rolling Stones. And my mom was into some Rolling Stones. And I go, oh, that's just mom rock. You know, <laughs> you know, they talk about dad oh, rock. Mine was mom rock. rock. Yeah. and But my mom was way into Aerosmith. I remember her playing a ten, ten, uh, big 10-inch record. And I didn't even know the meaning until I got older. And I go, and I looked at my mom one day. I go, oh, mom. I one.
0: song
2: that's not one of the songs that i like
0: i know but uh, steve liked it but
2: but i didn't but when i figured out that meeting i looked at my mom i go really mom (laughs) i used to play that for me all the time (laughs) i "I don't want to know that about you (laughs) it's like let's get into out of the cellar now and i have something to say everybody talks about juan Cruchier. Cruchier on these first two albums he basically wrote three songs with them (laughs) <laughs> so everybody yeah,
3: could I say one thing about Juan, too? Cool. I, was not, I I knew I mean I knew like the I always liked the bass on uh You're in trouble and I, I could hear he was a good bassist but I was not aware of just how how good of a bassist he was. He's awesome. When I watched uh, those old clips, I posted this online like a year or so ago of him with Dokken and the, when they played Germany. If you ever watch those clips of them in Germany playing mm-hmm. He's on fire. He's he's doing all this sick shit on bass, and he does this awesome bass solo. And it's just like I, I feel like he was being held back a little. And I'm sure eventually in dokken as you know, George started to dominate the band a little bit musically. He would have probably been held back there too. It was just it was the early '80s where things were kind of looser and still had a little bit of a '70s hangover where you could where they let drummers and bassists do things. You know, yeah. at a time in the mid '80s. Yeah drummers and basses were more reined in. Like you couldn't do shit. But if you watch the, this old early clip, this early show of Dawkins with Juan from the, uh, it's like 81, 82 and they're doing like Paris is Burning and shit and stuff from the first album, Breaking the Chains. He's on fire and he's doing all this crazy shit and it's so raw and the band sounds great. Don's playing guitar as well. They uh, they got two guitars in the band, Don and George. And he sounds amazing on it and that made me really appreciate him. And now when I listen to Rat, I got, his face kind of jumps out at me a little bit more. Than normal, you know, right on. and and he's a really underrated bassist, and he was a good backing vocalist too, uh, and an underrated bassist, and he had great stage presence, and so I'm a I'm a big fan, I'm a big fan of one. I oh, think
2: I I am too, but everybody said that he was the best songwriter there. I think it's Robin Car- Crosby and Stephen Pursey that wrote all the great songs to me.
0: You know, uh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do agree with that for the most part. And I think Robin Crosby. I think that
0: there were pretty much. Um two or three great songs on each rat album and that's my opinion
2: so we start with out of the cellar and we get to wanted man what do you think about this one Edwin
3: amazing amazing one of their greatest songs one of my favorite rat songs I'd say maybe this is like my third favorite on this album Uh, pretty most of my favorite rat songs are from this album I'll just say my favorite rat song of all time is lay it down but and then maybe you think you're tough, but after that it's just a bunch of songs from this album. I mean, this album's amazing, and one, it, man, it just instantly, like I said about the, they have such a distinct sound. a guitar riff, it's somewhere between a, a Malcolm Young and George Lynch riff, but it's somewhere in the middle, which makes it, you know, that's a that's a Crosby, you know, riff. Uh, it's that rhythm, it's just so meaty. Dan, 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 dan. just it's kind of dark and after hours and then it goes into the verses where it's more melodic and gets clean and then heavy again and the vocals it's just they're on fire it's so goddamn catchy and that's like this is where they almost bring in this like uh, a little bit of a especially on the the big hit from the album a little bit of a bubblegum quality and i don't mean that in a negative way i mean that in a positive way like it's just really catchy the way like early beatles is kind of bubblegum, or like the Ramones sometimes. Just something really just, it's ear candy. And it's grimy, it's dark, it's rocking, and it's really poppy and catchy all at the same time and seamless. And I, for the most part, think rap were fairly consistent, but they never hit things like what they were doing on this first album, I think, like five years later they wouldn't be able to write songs this infectious this catchy and memorable and it's 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 one of their greatest songs i love want it, man every time i hear it i get charged it makes me want to go out and you know party you know and have a wild night
2: <laughs> yeah this is written by uh co-written by J- bassist he was a bass player joey cristofani uh who briefly substituted for juan crucié so it's uh robin crosby stephen Piercy, and joey wrote co-wrote this song so what'd you think about it lee
0: oh um this is a good song it's a good enough song to start the album if someone hadn't heard the ep but something about the song sounds like the group is slightly less powerful or a tiny bit tame it's one of the better songs on the album but it sounds cookie cutter to me it's not fantastic
2: i i I fucking love this song. I just remember watching fucking uh, uh, Weird Science, and this song was in there when she's pointing a gun at it. It's <laughs> a the dad. There go. You shut up. <laughs> you listen here. He's whacking it in the bathroom. What? You told me you were coming here. <laughs> and this song he's playing. The song plays as they're leaving. <laughs> you know, like fuck yeah. And eventually they put the song back in the in the mix on the movie because when it came out, the song was disappeared from it uh, then they got the rights to all the songs and then the movie was released with all the regular songs but this song is fucking awesome i love the video when they're in a fucking cowboy thing and shooting shit fucking great movie great song comes from a great movie also fucking this song rules great opening track and then we get to i have a little cr- conundrum here because both of you pick you're in trouble so i'll just call it both your picks <laughs> oh So here's You're in Trouble by Rat, picked by Edwin and Lee on the Freeform Rock podcast. That's fine. Uh, why did you pick this
3: song, uh, Edwin? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. I know originally I said uh, back for more, but I was l- listening to this album, you know, before we did this, and I was just like, "Who am I kidding? It's you're in trouble." That's my favorite song on the album. This song's amazing. I gotta listen to the uh, original European version because uh, I don't recall what that sounds like exactly, but this version sounds amazing. Juan's bass on it and it's so funky and dark and dirty and kind of brings you in. If "One It Man is a little too uh, glossy for Lee, this kind of brings you back to the grime a bit of the first EP, but uh, the production's amazing and then the way the guitar chords hit during the chorus, it's so tough, it's so unique yeah uh this sounds just i don't it, only rack do a song quite like this to me. this is the epitome of it's both funky and grimy and rocking and sexy and dangerous all at the same time. I love this song love it, love it, love it. my favorite song on the album it may be like my third favorite rat song period it's an awesome song.
2: what would you think about this your pick too Lee what do you think about it?
3: yeah I heard the
0: original on the European version of the EP and I like this version better. It's somewhat of a deep cut, but there's something about it I dig. It's probably one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah,
2: the European va- version, did you notice that they're plucking the bass out of order? It just sounds weird, it's like a little pluck and then it plucks and it's not, it's I like weird.
0: I, 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 I do say, that the solo was very great on it but I would say yeah in, in general the basic song I like this a lot better
2: yeah on the EP it's a uh, the European version it's a little bit off to me the bass but everything yeah, else sounds it really, is and it's a little slower too
0: yeah, so. yeah it's 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 not horrible it's just that this is way better I think
2: yeah, this is a great fucking track. This is one of the all-time, like Edwin said, one of my all-time favorite fucking Rat tracks. And this song just rips, man. <laughs> it fucking rips. I love it. And then we get to the song that fucking made this band a star. Gets around Round and Round. What'd you think about this one, Edwin?
3: Love it. Uh, never gets old. This is a song you could always hear. As many times as you hear this song... I hear It's probably not even one of my favorite songs on the album. It's probably like a mid-tier song, I'd say. Maybe like my sixth favorite song on the album. But I can hear why it was, the hit it was. And the hit it is. It's still a hit. The song, you know, entered the charts again like a year or so ago because it was used in a commercial. And you can hear why. Like this is the type of classic, it's a classic pop metal song, kind of like Def Leppard's Photograph. It's just one of these songs that's, Pop perfection and it transcends the genre. Like, yeah, if you're a metalhead, you're gonna love this song. But you don't even have to love metal to love this song. You know, a girl that likes Britney Spears could like this song. Or oh my this God! Song, you know? <laughs> oh, but but really, it just has that accessibility to it. It's pure ear candy. It's it's a perfectly written and produced, catchy song. It's uh, it always makes me think of uh, one of my favorite movies is The Wrestler.
2: Yeah, Wark. A good movie.
3: There's that great scene where he's at the bar with Mar- Marissa Tomei, and they're doing some day drinking together, and this, and getting to know one another. And then this song comes on on the jukebox, and Mickey Wark starts he starts dancing to it, and she's laughing, and they're having a good time. And it's just like, man, I always, I mean, I connected a lot that scene because that's like me. If I'm at a bar, you know, and and the right song comes on, fuck it, I'll start dancing a little bit to it. And this is a song like that. It just it's, it's how could you not enjoy this song it's just so fun but as it is there's like four or five songs I like even better than this song but it's it's a classic it deserves to be a classic it's a pop metal a little pop metal masterpiece in my opinion
2: Oh, I totally agree with that what do you think about that Lee
3: this song is not a bad song
0: but it sounds cookie cutter to me it's like the group is losing steam and the songwriting, it's a song that's half-good and half-too-predictable.
2: Dude, this song has so many fucking memories for me. I bought the 45 of this because watching the video on MTV, fucking the hot chick up there losing her fucking skin, fucking M- Milton Berle. Fucking great ass fucking video, a fucking Warren D. Martini falling on the table from above, fucking playing that solo. I brought this 45 to fucking church and played it for my fucking Sunday school teacher at 12, dude. And I played it, and they didn't t- say anything about it, but they let me play it. And it was like I'm playing fucking rad right at church. Fucking this song rules, man. I never gets so old. Fucking love it. Fucking great memories on this song, man. I, I don't think, know. Yeah, I wish I I had a picture of me playing this fucking 45 and I lost it.
0: I played the 45 of Sugar Mountain <laughs> at my home with with Heart of Gold, Neo Young.
2: But did you take metal to fucking church and play metal in your fucking church? I
0: did. I played of- Neo Young, Sugar Mountain, <laughs> and Heart of Gold on my own stereo. <laughs>
2: dude i had the 45 of this and i took it to church man come on that's metal at church
0: like i brought a container of honey to a vegan (laughs) oh boy you know ian ian wadley
2: would probably love that story me taking metal to church you know
0: (laughs) yeah yeah he took a he took a Part pot of honey to a vegan. Oh, how
2: rebellious. Said, I wish I liked Iron Maiden at the time. I would have brought Number of the Beast.
4: <laughs>
2: oh, boy. All right, if we get to the next track, In Your Direction, what would you think about this one, Edwin?
3: Uh, this, this song, I like it i mean i like every song on this album i'd say this is i'd call this filler but you know i don't even know if it's killer filler but it keeps the party going you know the guitar tones there it's rocking uh i don't think melodically it's as memorable as the three songs before it or pretty much every song after it but it does its job it's short it rocks there's some cool guitar hooks here and there so it, like I said, it keeps the party going. Nothing special, but it keeps the party going. Keeps me listening to out of, you know, out of the out of the cellar. What do you think about it, Lee?
0: I somewhat like the deeper and lesser known cuts better. This has a vibe to it that says it's not ever going to be a hit, but that is what makes it kind of cool to me. It's probably the one song on here that makes me think it could have been on the EP.
2: Yeah, I I like this song a lot. It it's I think it's killer filler an album track. It's fucking like keep like Edwin said it keeps the party going and then you get into the next track. She wants money. What do you think about this one, Edwin?
3: Yeah, now this one one uh she wants money. It's a great track. I wouldn't say one of the better songs on the album, but I do like it. It's fun. It's kind of a little punk it's very simple catchy and it's it's a good way to wrap up the first uh, side of the record Uh, dig it not one of my favorites but I do like it and like in your direction it keeps it keeps the party going
2: what did you think about it Lee
3: I don't love this
0: the beat is good but the music almost reminds me of the go-go's I'm sure they could have done this better I'm not a fan of the happy poppy melody
2: yeah, this is uh this is a good song. It's not one of the best. It's like the first three. It's like wow and then you get to these two and they're are album tracks, which is cool. It's not like bad songs, but they're good. And then we flip this bitch over and get to lack of communication. What'd you think about this one, Edwin?
3: I like it. I like it better than the last two songs. Still not as much as the first three. So I would say if anything, uh out of the cellar there's I think it, it this the middle of the album is not the strongest middle of albums that normally I would consider classic albums. But still, you know, it's hard. I mean, I like it. I like the, the hooks and the attitude. It's almost a little new wave-ish, I feel, the chorus with the way they say lack, lack of communication, you know, a little Devo-esque. Yeah. And it's it's a cool song it's apparently it says on wikipedia this was a single though I don't recall a video being made for this and it's interesting they don't mention back for more which I know there is a video for and was a video for so I don't know if wikipedia is confused or this was like a promo sent to radio stations but I mean back for more was the third video that was on MTV and I, I don't know do you know mark was there a video for lack of communication I don't remember a video for lack of communication at all back for more yeah there definitely was a video for back for more I know that Uh, but yeah not not for lack of communication but it's it's a good track it's catchy it's it brings in a slightly different element from the other songs and like like I said about the last two it keeps it keeps me listening to the album so so I, I guess it's more killer filler. what'd you think about it Lee okay
0: a great song I might not be a fan of the background vocals that sound like robots, but the <laughs> but the song is really good. I wish the rest of the album had this intensity.
2: I love this track. This is one of my favorites. I love the crunchy riffs by Warren and Robin going on this. Dun, 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 dun. it's like fucking yeah but yeah the chorus is kind of robotic but it's a it's a good album track i like it and it's a good good track to start side two after the last two were getting a little bit lower but this song is great i love it and then we get to uh track seven back for more
3: what'd you think about this one edwin love it like i said before i used to think i like the ep version better which i do love but I've decided I love this one even more. It's shorter, it's tighter, it's more in the it's more in the pocket. Like you could tell that they've been playing the song now for a while as a band. So they're just playing it a little punchier. The mix between the guitar and bass I think is a little bit better. And it's it's an amazing song though. It's majestic, melodic, it's kinda of song that like Dokken would do, which I love, which is you know, very melodic, very memorable, very very catchy, has has atmosphere to it and it's exactly like place where it needs to be it's like it brings in that vibe kind of like season to wither brings in that vibe on the middle of the second side of get your wings like this is where you want a song like that that's a that brings in something a little different you know and it does that it's great this is where like the album kind of picks up again in my opinion and i love it it's classic one of my favorite rat songs definitely a top five favorite rat song love it great video too what did you think about it lee
0: this is also a good song. I do like the EP version better, but this is better than Round and Round and Wanted Man. I wouldn't have minded if this was the first song on the album.
2: I I think it's a great song with those fucking harmonies. Steven Piercy sounds amazing on this track. And I like it how it's a little bit more tighter than the EP. The EP was like the epic. This is way yeah. better. I like this version a lot better, but you could you could hear like the EP version was kind of the demo where they're playing with it. Like you said, maybe they're playing around with it more, playing it live, and they, they condensed it and made it better. More punchy. Yeah. I think it is. And then we get to the next song, The Morning After. What do you think about this one, Edwin?
3: Love it. Great song. This, to me, is the epitome of killer filler. Yeah, it's not like a single or anything, but man, it's heavy, it's got... I love the chords. I love that chord progression. I love the sound, the attitude. It, it's grimy, but kind of lush at the same time. It's it's very. I I find it to be unique, especially the the chords that they're playing. I really love this the vibe of the song. This is again something that sounds like just Rat. Only Rat would do a song that sounds like this. And I think it's maybe like my fourth favorite song on the album. I really love it. I think it's a it's not a song I hear people talk about, but. I think it's great. It's one of my favorites. The morning after it's awesome. What'd you think about it, Lee?
0: They shouldn't do Ted Nugent's style unless they do it right. This song doesn't thrill me. It's definitely a filler piece.
2: I I think it's killer filler. I like the the crunchiness of it. I love fucking Steven's voice on this. It's like if you hear a rat's if you hear Steven sing, you know it's rat. You know, you hear Don sing, you know it's docking. You know, yep. you hear D Schneider saying you know, it's D Schneider. You know, you hear fucking, what's that, Britney Fox, you don't know who the fuck it is. But this is fucking, you could tell what bands are which bands by the guitar tone and the singers. And this band has a lot of originality comp- at this time until everybody started copying this shit and fucking tried to sound like everybody. Fucking even Poison sounds like Poison. <laughs> you but- just,
3: yeah but yeah but you're right the one thing when you brought up britney fox that's the thing that's to me generic when you get into the late 80s where there were so many of these bands by that point you could close your eyes and not always know which band was which but in the first half of the 80s that's not the case. You knew Twisted Sister, you knew Rat, you knew you knew Cinderella, you knew Doc, and they Motley Crue. They all had very distinct sounds in my opinion.
2: It, it's like Britney Fox, what are they? A Cinderella clone? <laughs>
3: that's yeah, what, what I was kinda, thinking. Yeah, they just kind of watered down Cinderella. Yeah, that's it what, just fucking yeah.
2: sucks. Like I said even Poison sounded like Poison, and everybody started sounding like a, a neutered version of Poison. I go, "What the fuck is this shit?" You know?
3: <laughs> it's like Dude, stop. (laughs) I will say this, Brett Michaels' lack of vocal abilities uh, did kind of make him a little distinct, because normally those other singers could sing more, but they were more generic, whereas Brett, like, you'd say, oh, that sounds like a guy who must be good-looking because he can't really sing well, so so that in itself, it made you know it was him.
4: True.
2: (laughs) And then we get to the the next track, I'm Insane, which uh, Mick picked, so here's uh, I'm Insane, The Pick by Mick on the Freeform Rock Podcast. I'm insane. What'd you think about that one, Edwin?
3: Awesome tune. Like I said, I feel like the, the first like the first couple songs from this album and then the last couple songs. To me, that's that's where the peaks are. And this is another great song, very heavy but catchy. Probably one of the, this could be the heaviest song on the album. I know it's pretty heavy and dark and and just badass. It's just badass. That's the thing. Rat were tough and sounding and badass. And this definitely keeps the party going. I'm like all charged up and this is a great like second to last song, you know It's good to have like a a heavier song like this as a second and fast song and short song like this to kind of One last rage out and then we're gonna get into some kind of different more meditative perhaps epic song Afterwards and but so it's great second to last track. I love I'm insane. what did you think about it Lee? I'm
0: going to say the opposite of what I said about the last song it's cool they did Ten Nugent style because they did it right. This is one of the best songs on the album. This should have been the second song on the album. This beats most everything else on here.
2: Yeah, and this is where Rat is missing Robin Crosby because fucker was insane songwriter, man. Fucking this is a great song written by him only, and this fucking song rules. <laughs> I fucking love it. I would have picked this track if Mick didn't pick it. But this fucking great pick, Mick, man. I love it. And then we end the album with Scene of the Crime. What do you
3: think about this one, Edwin? Now, if the original Back From War was the epic on the EP, this is the epic for this album, you know? Even though it's still less than five minutes, but I do think it's the longest, yeah, it's the longest track on the album. Almost five minutes. It's four minutes and 54 seconds. But Scene of the Crime, it starts off almost sounding like the Who. (laughs) Uh, and you're like, whoa, what is this? What's Rat doing? They sound like the, the the Who here. But then they get into the Rat sound, and it's just a very unique sounding song. I love it. It's one of the best songs on the album, I think. I love the backing vocals on this. Very grimy, but yet there's a little bit of that bubblegum quality to it as well. So it's, it's a very unique song, very weird in a way, because it's very... It's kind of poppy but then kind of dark and grimy at the same time like to me this could have been a single but they say bitch a lot so that wasn't gonna happen <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's a great song great way to end this album and it's it's just very original and very unique I love this song senior crime it's a great song what do you think about it Lee
0: this is a cool song and it reminds me of the last song on Manifestation. Which was an album they did years later.
2: Infestation? This
0: manifestation. Infestation. Oh, oh, well, it, oh, okay. You say man, I say in. Or i <laughs> okay. say in, you say man. <laughs> it's the Festation
2: album. Okay, we're whatever. the sloppy podcast, so they'll, they'll let it go. Uh, All right, go ahead. Or, 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 or the
0: Shipboy O.D. Festation Spaghetti album. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. This could have been on the EP, too. It has the cool kick ass style. I dig
2: it. Yeah, fucking cold blooded bitch walking out on me. It's a fucking great song <laughs> to end the fucking album, man. This is fucking amazing. And it's fucking Crosby with Cruchier. The best two songwriters in rat. I do
3: I, I think they are, man. Fucking rules, man. Fucking Robin. <sighs> yeah, I think he was an amazing songwriter. And those riffs, like I said, it was kinda of like, you know, Malcolm Young, he just you can just knock out at least for the first couple albums. The first three albums, I say, in the in the EP, he was just knocking out great riff after great riff.
2: Yeah, man, what a loss we had with him, man. That sucks. Look, did you guys ever hear that, that, that interview he did with Full Blown Aids with Mitch LaFon? Nope. Oh, man, it's fucking, you could hear him talking. He's in a, uh, like a, with a thing to watch, you know. What is it, it's your last moments. He's in that hospital, like under care. He's there yeah. with Mitch, and it's pretty sad listening to him. But it it's is. A, it's a great interview, though. Oh man, this is a great, great EP. Great fucking.
3: Should we uh, also talk about someone else who actually who's connected to this who died this year? Is uh, Tani uh, Kaitan, yeah. who's on both album covers and the video. For yeah, I and mean, she's around. on the. Yeah, she and she's on the back for more video. Uh, she's on the EP. She's the likes on the EP, and she's the girl on the cover of this album. And it's the same year that she did Bachelor Party. Oh, I love that
2: movie. Nobody yeah, really geez. knows
3: that movie. I put up Nick the Dick and nobody knew who that was. I go, what
2: the fuck? Nobody knows that great movie. movie.
3: It's my favorite Tom Hanks movie. It is. Uh, it's mine too. <laughs> yeah, it's all downhill after that.
2: Oh, fuck. I love Turner <laughs> and Hooch. No,
3: it's no Bachelor Party. Uh, no, it but, isn't. Uh, Donnie, uh, yeah, she was dating Robin at the time. This was before she, uh, I guess uh, you could say, traded up with David Coverdale. But she was with Robin. She was his girlfriend, and that's why... But to me, the image, the, the image of her legs on the Rat Cup EP and her crawling, you know, through the alley... on the out of the cellar to me that's iconic and you know she was a part of it you know a part of that's the image and it was in a a factor that should be mentioned as well the sleazy la fucking sound right there the image and the big hair and it's great it just all adds it's an aesthetic you know and that's the thing that's lacking from a lot of later new metal and like uh, there's like there's something more robotic about it you hit a button there's not this thing that feels like it's connected to a scene you know like this music in this album it's distinctly Los Angeles and Los Angeles in the early yeah 80s, you know so it makes you think of that in that culture you know just like kind of like the Beach Boys in the early 60s with California culture. Yeah. but now it's, you know it's this period and that's something that you don't hear so much now everything's very generic and like there's formulas and like this is what things should sound like like the producers are running everything rather than bands and yeah that's you know this it it, this is why to me this album still holds up it still is fresh and original and exciting and sexy and i love both this album and this ep and i think it's still i think it's the best thing rat ever did it's one two punch with the ep in this first album
2: yeah it, it really is and it's like like you said generic metal it's like L.A. Sound had a fucking groove. It was a fucking groove to it. It's like, now everything is... There's no fucking groove to it. It's fucking... You get into these bands... I like Disturbed, but they don't have that fucking groove, man. They don't have that fucking... Even Mm. Whitesnake had a fucking groove, man. Oh,
3: Whitesnake was all groove. It was all fucking
2: groove, man. It's like, where's the groove in music? Where's the fucking... The fucking... You know, fucking... uh, I think the only band that really has that anymore is fucking Chili Peppers, (laughs) you know? They still have a fucking funk, like, metal groove, but they're not metal, you know, but they still... Well, and
3: they're they're, and they're from the 80s as well. Yeah. You know, that's the
2: thing. But it's like these newer bands, man. Where's the fucking groove? Where's the fucking, like, shit I could bang my head to? Where's the fucking thing I could put my arms in here playing air drums and fucking playing air guitar? It's not there anymore, and it's, it's irritating. It's like, these bands aren't going to live forever, man. And we need some new bands. Well, you have some new bands out there, like, fucking Dirty Honey. It's really fucking good
3: <laughs> oh there's, there's underground bands so yeah. like I'm a big fan of that Swedish band bullet which mm-hmm. I posted did a video about a couple of months back there they got a lot of that groove to it but in terms of the more mainstream stuff top 40 yeah uh, you, you know, in terms of rock and metal you, you, the the more popular stuff you don't hear it so much in a lot of the contemporary stuff you have to go underground that's the thing you got yeah. to seek it out but so there's something very special and timeless about this music, and I love it. I love I love grimy, L.A. first half of the '80s heavy metal music, and this is a classic. You know. Well, you look in the Billboard Top 200. You got albums from this era still in the top 200. It's like young yeah. yep, people are still digging this. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. More so than the, I'm my nephew he's a teenager and he's he's like getting into motley Crue and stuff now and he loves it and he before was just listening to like gangster rap you know and he jumped but it back to now listening to like 80s heavy metal and, and it's like competitive with the contemporary hip-hop he listens to you know more so than a lot of the contemporary rock like he has to go back to the 80s to hear rock and roll that has that swagger and attitude that feels like it's rebellious you know it's rebelling the way the teenagers like to hear that shit
2: yeah man the new stuff is just cookie cutter shit you know you get you get some good bands coming out here and there but you have to look for them (laughs) you just can't like fucking uh, pop out of come out and guess fucking all you got is this taylor swift britney spears shit going on right now and it's like i i don't know i try to listen to taylor swift and it's just it's just flat (laughs) it's nothing to me you know she went from country to pop and it's even worse (laughs) go back to country or something uh, but I, I want to ask you a question because it says Tom Allen was originally slated to produce this album. What would you think this album would have sounded like with a Judas Priest uh, producer on here?
3: Uh, I guess uh, probably a little heavier, uh, but more. I, I imagine the songs would have been the same, but it just it just might have been a little punchier and heavier. It's hard to say. I mean sometimes like like martin birch did iron maiden but also did white snake you know it's not like i mean they're all everything's like really well produced that he did and he also did blue oyster call and you know those bands are all like it's not like just because he produced them that the bands changed it's like i said about how nowadays like a produ- the producers kind of run things in the 80s yeah you know, maybe the exception of mutt lang even the top producers weren't really drastically changing the band's sound, you know, so I don't think it would be that different Maybe it, it, it might some of the heavier songs might have been even heavier But I don't think it would have changed it that much because ultimately rap. This was their sound, you know That That's their sound. Although who was the guy who had the idea to make Stephen Piercy <laughs> double-track his vocals? Because that's what really created his sound kind of like Ozzy Osbourne.
2: Yeah, that was uh Bo Hill
3: so maybe maybe may, maybe Stephen wouldn't have sounded as good, possibly because because he's not, he's no Rob Halford, you know. He need, Stephen needed a little bit of help in the studio, so. Yeah,
2: I yeah. think, think Steven sounds good, hit or miss live, but um, I don't know if he has any backing tracks with
3: him. I would about... say
0: he does not. He does not. Yeah, I would think so.
3: Uh, okay. Uh, I, he sounds like someone that needs to be double tracked. <laughs> from what I've heard and seen live, that's I get why. But it creates a sound like his voice is, to a degree, kind of a studio creation. But the same is with Ozzy post Black Sabbath. You know, starting in the '80s, they did this thing where they double tracked Ozzy's voice all the time, and that's essentially what gave Ozzy his sound, like a very unique sound. So they did the same thing with Steven.
2: Yeah, they had a guy in the back uh, singing background vocals with him.
4: <laughs> oh wow!
2: Let's see, yeah, uh, uh, Robert Mason. He was a guy in the, the. He called himself the Wizard of Oz. He was in the back with a b- box, up live on stage. He
3: was in the back of the stage and he was singing with Ozzy. Wow! <laughs> yeah. And then when Brett Michaels uh, came onto the scene and Poison became a big hit, people saw. Oh, you don't need to do all that. <laughs> <laughs> you cool, can man. sound like shit, and if you're good looking, the girls don't care. They'll buy your album. <laughs> well, the <this laughs> album
2: peaked it on the U.S. Billboard Top. 200 at seven. It sold over three million copies. Canada just went gold. But I, I'm wondering if they redid these albums, how much more they would sell. Because I think Van Halen would be over 20 million on the first album by now. <laughs> it's like double yeah. diamond or whatever. But the record companies don't want to pay for this shit. <laughs> so uh, thank you for being on here, Edwin. Again.
3: <coughs> you alright, Lee? You alright?
2: You alright, Lee? <coughs>
3: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. am. <laughs> okay, just wanted to double check. Right. It was fun to be here, guys. Good talking rat with you guys.
2: And then, uh, sorry, we missed Mick. He had band practice, man. But we'll get him on here for an uh, invasion of your privacy. Uh, you definitely
3: got to do that. He's a he's a rat expert. He loves yeah. rat and roll. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I I look at his a uh, post on rat. He, yeah. He's a yeah. total rat nut swinger, man. Uh, yeah. Then we get to our tracks of the week, and Mick picked uh, "Demons Calling" by Saber. Uh, you picked a uh, cool track, Paris is Burning, by Docket, And then Lee picked uh, Light of Darkness, Moving Along. And then I picked, uh, since it's an LA band, I picked Y&T, LA Rocks. So, uh, uh, one of my favorite uh, bands. And then we end with Lee, Theme for Detective. Lee. Lee. Theme
0: for Detective Lee.
2: Th- yeah, Theme for Detective Lee, which is a pretty weird song, but I like it. Your- all your songs are weird. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, of course.
2: Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Edwin. Do you have anything to promote before you leave?
3: No, you know, if you want to see me ramble on about 80s heavy metal or hard rock, you know, 70s or 80s heavy metal hard rock, go to YouTube, Edwin Canistracci, and that's where you can find me rambling on about oh. all these kind of bands and this kind oh. of music. And so that's all I got to plug.
2: And also check out Lee on the Lee Gershman uh, Show podcast and also... Yeah. Uh, his, uh, songs on YouTube check out his YouTube page and check out our YouTube yeah. page uh, we still have 96 members we only need four more to get 100 we're almost there
3: <laughs> almost there, almost almost there.
2: three digits almost, almost got three there. digits all right guys <laughs> thank you guys for being on here and uh, Lee
3: say goodbye man bye 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 Lee bye mark good times Until next time, stay free and rock on.